رسول کریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the 11th of November in the year 2023 and Alhamdulillah we moved on to the ninth night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu so to now mention the reports in which he by choice decided to live a very austere life when acquiring the sacred knowledge so this report is recorded in ibn sa'd in istabaqat volume 4 page 329 hayat as-sahaba volume 1 page 539 of the new english translation sayyidina abu huraira radiyallahu anhu himself he relates severe hunger caused me to leave and head for the masjid I met there a group of companions radiyallahu ta'ala anhum who asked me what brings you here at this hour o abu huraira I responded hunger to which they replied by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is nothing but hunger that also made us leave our dwellings they then arose and went to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam who asked what brings you here at this hour They replied, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, severe hunger puns have brought us here. So stop in the report. So what's interesting, Abu Huraira is mentioning that he's going through severe hunger. He heads for the masjid. So was he not already in the masjid? The Ashab al-Suf. So maybe he had gone to visit his mother. Allah alayhi. But it mentions he's going to the masjid. And when he met some of the companions, they said, why have you come here? This isn't the hour for Salat. So maybe it was during the, the mid-morning. And he said, hunger. And they said, we've also come here due to hunger. So it wasn't just Abu Huraira suffering. They then went to the Prophet wasallam, and they explained their plight to him. He wasallam, thereupon sent for a plate that contains some dates and then gave each of us two dates and he said eat these two dates and then drink some water it will be sufficient for you for the day i thereupon ate one of the dates and i kept the other in my lower garment rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam noticed this and he asked o abu huraira radiyallahu why have you kept that date away meaning i thought you was hungry i replied i am reserving it for my mother or messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to which he sallallahu alaihi wasallam replied eat it i shall give you another two dates for your mother as well he then gave me another two dates so looking at this very briefly so we don't know how many there were but the dates that the prophet received he distributed it and they got two dates each now why is this quite shocking for us because we break our fast with dates you know we break the fast then we go to the meal that was their meal and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said drink water after the dates he goes that is enough for the day meaning this will keep your back straight but abu huraira radiyallahu even though he was literally starving he kept one date for his mother 
And the Prophet, when he was alerted, he gave him another two dates. He goes, you eat the, the date, I will give two for your mother. In another report, Abu Huraira had related, Rasulullah distributed dates amongst his companions. And my share was seven dates, one of which was a hashafa, i.e. a date which dried on the tree before it was fully ripe. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 5441, in the chapter on meals. So this is interesting. So this is another incident. So Rasulullah distributed dates and Abu Huraira said, I got seven, meaning we all got seven dates. Because one of which was a hashafa. So a hashafa, what is that? It's a date which has not been plucked from the tree and it's dry before it's fully ripe. So why did he mention that? Because Abu Huraira had said of the hashafa, one of which was dry and hot, none of the other I six dates were more beloved to me than this one, because it prolonged my chewing it. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 5411, in the chapter on meals. Ahmad in his Musnad, number 8633, with a Sayyid chain of transmission. So in these two hadith, both in Sayyid Bukhari, he, he had seven dates. And one of them, which you would think that was probably the one that he least valued, the Hashafa, because that was the most beloved. Now think about that. You got six decent dates or good dates, one hard date. So your normal response is, oh, you probably didn't, you know, you were forced to eat that. He goes, no, that was the most beloved. And why was it more beloved to him? Because I had to chew it. <laughs> so think about that. He was that hungry. He just loved to chew on to something that would last longer. The hashafa. So no dates was a kind of a staple diet for the Ashab of Indeed, the hunger would reach to such an extent that it would sometimes lead to losing consciousness. Muhammad ibn Sirin, he said, we were with Sayyidina Abu Huraira whilst he was wearing two linen garments dyed with red clay. He then cleaned his nose with his garment and he said, Bakhin, Bakhin, Abu Huraira Bravo, bravo. Abu Huraira is now cleaning his nose with the linen. There came a time when I would fall unconscious between the pulpit of Rasulullah and Aisha's chamber, upon which a passerby would come and put his foot on my neck, considering me to be mud, I having a fit. In fact, I had no madness. I suffered from nothing but hunger. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 7324, in the chapter on holding fast to the Quran and Sunnah. Then number 2374, Hassan Sahih in the chapter on Zuhd. Ahmad in his Muslim, number 23,993, Tarheeb, volume 3, page 39, Ayad al volume 1, page 534 of the New English Translation. So, this is in his later life. He was wearing linen garments dyed with red clay, meaning he had fine garments and they were dyed with red clay. And then he actually had a handkerchief and he cleaned his nose with, with that. And then when he did this, 
he said these strange words. He goes, Bakhin, Bakhin, Abu Hurairata, Yata Makhato fil Qatan. Bravo, bravo. Abu Huraira is now cleaning his nose with the linen. So who's he talking to? He's uh, rebuking himself. He's rebuking himself. <laughs> he goes, well done, well done. Mm-hmm. You're cleaning your nose with linen. Mm-hmm. Then he said, there came a time where I would fall unconscious mm-hmm. between Rasulullah's uh, mimbal and Aisha's chamber. Mm-hmm. So in the garden of paradise. And then he goes, another person would put his foot on my neck. Why? Because he thought I was having a fit. I had no madness. I was suffering from hunger. So now what's interesting. Normally the opposite is what people... So in a normal scenario, you were living very austere, very difficult times. You live now in a more comfortable environment. So you do sugar. That's the normal response. Why is he looking back and yearning for that time? Because that was the time of the Prophet. And now think about this. How hungry must you be to faint? Now where was he fainting? That's interesting. He goes, I would fall unconscious between the member of Rasulullah and Aisha's chamber. So there's a very short distance between there, a few steps. Why was he fainting there? Yeah. And the reason is because he loved to be with the Prophet But sometimes he didn't literally have the strength. So then what happened? When he'd be on the floor and obviously he'd be shaking. So people thought he's having a fit. So what they would do in those days was they put up the, your, the foot on the neck of the person having a fit. Why? Because he might injure himself. He might bite his tongue. The reason they wouldn't go down with their hands is because he might harm the person. So they'd use their foot. But then he said, Wa ma bi junoon, ma bi illa I had no madness. I was suffering from hunger. Again, note in Sayyid Bukhari. Other times, now what's interesting, just to add this, which is worth pointing out, where did Imam Bukhari record this hadith? In which chapter? If he was listening, which you weren't. In the chapter on holding fast to the Quran and Sunnah. So what's this hadith going to do with the Quran and Sunnah? Why is he put this narration? You think, okay, this hadith is going to be in the chapter on Zuhd, asceticism. Or, you know, uh, the rank of Abu Huraira, Manaqib. Why is it in the chapter, Imam Bukhari put it under the chapter of holding fast to the Quran and Sunnah? So this is why Imam Bukhari is sahih, very interesting. The scholars were perplexed why certain hadith were in certain chapters. But, could you think of a reason why Imam Bukhari put this under that chapter heading? So the simple response is, what time was Abu Huraira yearning for? Yes. So, maybe this is the reason why Imam Bukhari recorded it here. Because look at the love Abu Huraira had for the Prophet Even though he was now well off, he still yearned to be with the Prophet. So he wanted to cling. He was wanting to cling to the Prophet And the scholars go into it at length. Whatever the case, it's fascinating that Hadith is there. Other times, he would not lose consciousness, but would nevertheless he would fall in fatigue due to severe hunger. So what image are we now getting of Abu Huraira? 
He's literally starving. <laughs> literally. Sometimes he'd lose consciousness. Sometimes he'd be struggling to take a few steps. So, where is this recorded? In Sayyid Bukhari, number 5,375, in the chapter on meals. Sayyidina Abu Hurairah, he relates, Once, whilst I was in a state of fatigue due to severe hunger, I met Umar ibn al-Khattab, I just asked him, recite a verse from the Quran to me. He thereupon entered his dwelling and he interpreted it to me. I thinking that I wanted to understand the interpretation of the verse I was asking about. So what's happened? So Abu Huraira, he goes, I'm, he goes literally, I'm, he goes, I'm falling, I can't even stand. So I see Umar and I said, this verse, can you read this verse to me? And he mentioned the verse. So Umar thought that he wanted the meaning of that verse. So he went to his meeting, he looked in, maybe he had some notes. He went back to his dwelling and he came back and he interpreted it. Thus I left. After walking for a short distance, I fell on my face due to fatigue and severe hunger, meaning I've not, not fainted, but I can't even get up. <laughs> Suddenly, subhanallah, I saw Rasulullah standing by me. He said, Ya Abu Huraira, I said, Labbeka Rasulullahi wa Sa'adik. I am at your service, O Messenger of Allah, at your bidding. He's stopping the report. <laughs> Was he? <laughs> he's flat on his face. So imagine he's flat on his face. He can't even stand up. And the Prophet, he probably just manages to look up. And the Prophet says, Abu Huraira. And even though he can't get up, he's talking like he's like a soldier ready for action. He goes, Labbeka Rasulullah wa Sa'di. I am here, Ya Rasulullah. I'm at your service. The Prophet then held me by my hand and held me onto my feet. Held me up to my feet. He immediately knew that I was suffering from hunger. He thereupon took me to his chamber and ordered a big bowl of milk for me. I thereupon drank gratefully from it. And he said, Ud, fashrab ya abahir. Drink more, O Abu Hir. Those I drank again. He thereupon said, Ud, drink. Those I drank more. And my stomach started to expand mm. and it started to look like a ball. Mm. Later I met Umar and I mentioned to him what had happened to me. He thereupon said, I thereupon said, someone who had more right than you or Umar took over my case. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I asked you to recite a verse to me and I knew the verse better than you. Mm. Upon this, Umar radiallahu said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if I had understood and admitted and entertained you, it would have been more beloved to me than having red camels. I misunderstood, O Abu Huraira. <laughs> so again, Sayyid Bukhari, number 5375. So now what's happening? The Prophet takes him back to his chamber, sallallahu and he's given him a bowl to drink. Now, if you are extremely hungry or thirsty, You'd finish it off. So you could argue this may have been a miracle. So he's drank. And look what he said. I drank from it, gratefully meaning, satisfied my, satiated my hunger and thirst. But the Prophet, look what he said to him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ud fashrab ya abahir. Drink more, 
or Abu Hir. So now he's drinking again. The third time, Ud, drink. And then look what he said. And this is what happens when you drink milk. You know, you get kind of, some people get allergic reaction. So his stomach started like being full. You know, it looked like a bowl. And then he goes, I later met Umar and I said, and then he told him why he had asked him to recite the verse. He goes, I knew the verse better than you. <laughs> Didn't you understand that I was hungry? Umar said, if I had understood, entertained you, it would have been more beloved to me than having red camels. <laughs> so how much did Umar love Abu Hurairah? <laughs> so imagine red camels or look after Abu Hurairah. He's a look after Abu Hurairah. <laughs> so now there's something here that we don't get. Why? Because we're not Arabs. So Hafiz Ibn Battal, he explains something here. In Fattal Bari, volume 9, page 502. It was part of their ways, their custom, that if anyone asked them to recite the Quran, he would then take him to his dwelling and serve him whatever was available. It is thus understood that whatever happened to Sayyidina Umar was that he must have forgot for he was engaged in some matter. So this is their culture. So if an Arab comes to you and he says, can you recite that verse to me? Mm. That doesn't mean you recite the verse to him. What he means is, can you entertain me? So, do the Western, no, they don't, that's, we, that's not our culture. If somebody asks you to recite a verse, you recite a verse. Mm. So why then did Umar miss the point? So Ibn Battal said, Rahmatullah he was probably doing something. Something was on his mind. So he actually wasn't concentrating when Abu Huraira asked him. He took it literally. He went home. He goes, yeah, it means this. And then Abu Huraira, that's why Abu Huraira had a kind of, he was upset with him. Why was he upset with Umar? What did he do wrong? You know, if you look at the report, what did he do wrong? Imagine, I, well, I'll give you the, the seed of a verse. You missed something. What? Because that was their way, their custom. It also shows how noble they were. They considered it below their dignity to say, I'm hungry. Think about that. You know how often do we say that? Feeling a bit peckish. Right? They, they wouldn't say that, right? Or, I mean, I'm, we say, I'm starving. And that's a joke. You got diabetes, brother. How could you be starving? Right? So, this was their, their, their custom. And even to this day, they do that. It goes, can you recite a verse to me? And also, obviously, if you do want to recite a verse, then you recite the verse after you've entertained them. In another report, to finish, Recorded in Abu Nu'im al-Hilya, Fat al-Bari, volume 9, page 502. Abu Huraira radiyallahu was fasting at the time and there was nothing for him to break his fast with. So Sayyid Bukhari doesn't mention that. So when he actually said to him, can you say a verse to me? What he really was saying was, I've got nothing to break my fast with. Can you entertain me? <laughs> so what did Umar do? He goes, yeah, I'll come back to you. And he goes, that verse means this. And even then, think about this. He didn't say to Umar, what? I didn't ask you to recite a verse. I'm asking you to entertain me. And what made the matter worse? I want to break my fast. I've got nothing to break my fast with. <laughs> then he went and he goes, he fell on his face. And then Rasulullah obviously entertained him. So what did he break his fast with? <laughs> the milk, which the Prophet gave him. Then he went back to Umar. And what did he say? And think about this. This is how brave is Abu Huraira. Would you do this? Right, he went back to Umar. He goes, someone who had more right than you, O Umar, took over the case. Mm. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I asked you to recite a verse to me and I knew it better than you. 
Now think about that. How many years was Umar with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? You know, twenty years or so. Abu Huraira, few years, like some fruit cakes, make you believe. So why did he say that to Umar? I know that verse better than you. Does a junior sahaba speak to a senior sahaba like that? Right? Umar didn't say wrong. Punch. Right? He goes, by Allah, if I would understood, I would have been more beloved to me than even red camels if I served you. Thus, this most illustrious man would relate to others. I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that sometimes I would be starving. I would thus painfully hold my stomach, lean on the ground and also tie rocks upon it. This is in Al-Isaba, volume 7, page 435. So think about that. There was two ways he got comfort, comfort from his starvation. One was literally lying on his stomach. <laughs> Imagine, he goes, I lie on my stomach thinking, you know, hopefully this will, you know, ease the, the pain. Or he said, I would tie rocks. Now, what does that mean? So what they would do is they had a belt and they would tie the belt and the rocks would be put on the stomach to give the impression that they've got some weight on their stomach. So the bike wouldn't cave in, the spine. <laughs> Right? So, look at the drastic measures he, he was taking so that he could literally stand and function. He lied, you know, on his stomach or he would tie rocks around his blessed waist. So, why am I mentioning all this? This was by choice. You know, even if it wasn't by choice, you'd be blown away by this, thinking, look at what he was going through for sacred knowledge. But what confounds he even more, he did it, he, he, he wanted this path because he was emulating the Prophet and that's why he became a mere mu'minin of hadith. Because of the sacrifices. People don't know what sacrifices he went through. Because you know, they come out with the most silly statements. He only spent a few years with the Prophet. How does he relate more hadith? What do you know about him? No. Then why are you talking like you're his dad? Astaghfirullah. So not again, it's just jahiliya. So the response is the companions knew his status. And they venerated him. And of course, this is also important in terms of, and what's fascinating, just to add this, if you look at where the true sacred knowledge is, it's always in places of destitution. <laughs> you know, the one example that always comes to my mind is Sheikh Hamza. Sheikh Hamza Yusuf al-Maliki, Hafizullah, he traveled to learn acquired knowledge. And the last port of call was the Malatanian Desert. Because I went to the Malatanian Desert. And he goes, Subhanallah, because I found the knowledge there. <laughs> with Shaykh Mulabat al-Hajj who's passed away recently so imagine what's the knowledge doing there this is how Allah Ta'ala gives knowledge for some reason Allah Ta'ala gives it to the people who tread that path and it's true you know all the knowledge and that's why the awliya are hidden predominantly away from the masses are there any questions you'd like to ask سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك ادعو الله يشفع لي سبحان الله وبحمده اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين